Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. <laughs> I'm Grace Duffy, and this is the show that keeps you up to date in the world of social media. And we have a great show planned for you this week. Yes, Q1 2022 is over. So I hope. But do you have the correct data to make decisions about your social media uh, for Q quarter two and quarter three? I mean, have you done an audit on your social media? I'm going to kind of be honest and raise my hand. I haven't done a full one yet, so I'm really excited about the show today because we're talking with Doreen Moore and Van Dam about campaign planning, organic content ideas, and what you should be driving your social media strategy through the rest of 2022. So, Doreen, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I, I was thrilled that you asked me. I've been watching the show for a while, and um, I love talking about, uh, you know, social media audits, and especially as it pertains to content, right? Because I'm a, first and foremost, I'm a content creator. So I'm always looking for the piece of content that works well and then analyzing why did it work well. Uh, so I'm really excited to come here and talk to you and uh, your audience about that. Awesome. So if you don't know who Doreen is, uh, you really should. She is a social media strategist. She's an organic social media specialist. She's a trainer. She's a community manager and a keynote speaker. Uh, we are so excited for her to be on here. She has ex experience working with a multitude of industries. She started as a local specialist working with uh, business to consumers and B2B clients, and she currently works with national and international brands. She is a certified social media professional and agile marketer, and you always recognize uh, Doreen on stage and online by her signature orange glasses, a nod to her Dutch heritage. So that's very, very cool. So once again, we are so excited to be here uh, with Doreen. Uh, so make sure you ask your questions because I'm telling you, she's a wealth of knowledge and we want to make sure that we uh, use the time we have with Doreen. Why, I, that's why that's why I do this show is it's like free consulting. So kind of <laughs> this is what you get to do. So you guys can ask questions and you can uh, get your questions answered. So make sure you, we'll bring those in um, as we're going along today. But I want to do a big shout out to our friends over at Ecamm, who helps sponsor the show. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They are fabulous. I had to scramble uh, an hour before the show and bring everything to my parents' house. That's why the camera and the setup's a little bit different, but Ecamm makes it super easy. I already had it on my laptop. I have my stream deck I plug in right to it and I can switch cameras. So it is super easy for creating a live show. You can do presentations and other things, but I tell you, I would not be able to do this show this fast at a different location without Ecamm. So find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. All right. So let's jump into this first section here. We're going to be talking about, I know it sounds really like accounting corporate. wise and corporate. It's very corporate. Yeah. yeah and you're, we're not usually this buttoned up here at Social Media News Live, but we need to talk about auditing your social media. So um, let's kind of just start the conversation and talk about like the content you already have. You know, everybody, if they're doing business, has social media in some way. Some are more active than others. Some have bigger budgets than others. We have a lot of sol uh, solopreneurs who watch this. Um, but bigger budgets don't always mean better outcomes or better insights. So how, Doreen, would you start a social media content audit with a client? Like, what are the first questions that you ask? Okay, so it's going to depend a little bit on whether this is a new to me client or if this is a client who've been working with. So if it's a new to me client and I have no idea what they've been doing and somebody else has been running their social media, the first thing I'm going to ask them is all their um, social media um, platforms that they're active on 
um, their website, of course, you know, I'll get that. And then um, I'm also going to Google um, their name, any variety of their name and see what pops up because uh, as we know, sometimes they've had rogue um, employees that might have created <laughs> um, some platforms, right? Somewhere along the line. And they might have a presence uh, somewhere that they're not aware of, right? That's sitting there. So if that's so it's a new client, that's where I start. Um, if it's a client that I have, so for example, right now I'm putting all the um, data together from Q1, I go into the channels that I've been managing, right? So then I um, ask them before I go give them really results because you do an audit to get a snapshot, right? But then you also, to move forward, you also need to know what the resources are um, moving forward. So I'm going to confirm with the client, is the budget still the same for marketing or do I have more of a budget? Are the resources going to change? All right. Can I still utilize the same tools? Can we, I still have access to the same videographer, editor, um, blog writer. So, you know, in order to make plans moving forward, I have to know kind of what I'm going to have. So in order to do that audit, um, I need to kind of, you know, not do the audit, but interpret the audit. I kind of need to know what I have access to. Right. Uh, but then I look at, um, you know, especially if I might have a LinkedIn profile for a client, um, I'm actually going to have to log in as that client um, to see their data. Now, um, I can manage their page, right? So I can get data on their LinkedIn page or Facebook page, Twitter, YouTube. There's a lot of data out there. And if you use a tool um, like Agora Pulse, which I use for scheduling, um, a lot of that data, you can create a beautiful report. Um, of course, you need to have access to Google Analytics. You can create a beautiful um, report in something like data studio where it gathers all the analytics. So, um, some of it can be automated, but I still really like to go in to each and every platform and kind of see what happened there. You know, what kind of, cause it's not just the numbers that you're looking at. It's also, um, the comments, the engagement, you want to see what people reacted to and how are the comments, you know, little emojis or are they long, you know, uh, long form comments and you, you know, you have battered back and forth. So you really need to have more than just numbers. You need to really have, um, a, you know, get that, get that human eye on it as well. I have, <laughs> oh, can I ask a question before you go to yours? Yeah. Great. yeah. Because yeah, yeah. so you, you mentioned, um, you know, those rogue employees. So I picked up on that when you were talking about that at the beginning, a real quick pivot. How do you share your information? Like, I know and a lot of uh, people who are getting started and they've grown their social media, maybe they're solopreneurs or really small businesses, local businesses, and they finally have the money or the funds to hire a social media manager or, you know, a consultant like yourself, but they give their, they just give them their username and password. And then they end up in a predicament later when they let, let them go or something else happens. What do you suggest for sharing those passwords and how do you do that? I mean, how do you set up profiles, all that? I mean, what's the best way? I know, cause that's a big question that a lot of it people is, ask. Sure. So if I start with a client who doesn't have a social media presence or doesn't have a lot and I real, after doing um, an audit and a strategy plan, and I know I need to get a Twitter handle for them and an Instagram handle and maybe set up a YouTube channel. What I do is I'm actually going to make them a Google profile. So I will make them like social, um, uh, at, you know, um, like maybe, you know, say live show, social live show at gmail.com with that email, I'm going to set up the Twitter and the Instagram account and all of that. And then of course, I'm going to make sure that the client has the login to that Gmail account because I want them to own it. Right. So then anytime there's a reset or there's an issue, we both have access to that same. So that's how I set it up. Um, I actually have a funny story um, and a client that I had like eight years ago, I handed over about three years ago and recently they were locked out of their Instagram account and they, mm -hmm. they said they tried everything. Well, I have this formula for social business name at gmail.com and I'm like, try that. And um, they were able to um, go back in and, and get it all reset because they, they forgot, even though I'd given that information um, to that client, they forgot that they had that email address and they were able to get in and reset and do the whole thing. So that's one. 
Now, as far as sharing with clients who already have an existence, um, you know, on all these platforms, I use LastPass. Um, it's really great. It's you're able to get access. You can either share um, just so they can access it or actually see the password. Um, and that works really well. Um, I do want to reiterate this to everybody. Please, please, please set up 2FA, two-factor authentication for Facebook and Instagram and everywhere. Yes, even though a social media manager might be a little bit harder to get in. Um, I have woken up several times <laughs> in the last year with codes sent to my phone. People try to get into my Facebook right. and I get these random codes and I'm like, oh, somebody was trying. They can't get in. They, you can get hacked or, you know, you shouldn't be, um, you know, there might be a really teeny tiny chance of, you know, they guess something. But, you know, if you put that 2FA uh, on there, they just can't, they get pretty far, but they can't get all the way there. So really, really important to do that. But sharing um, your um, passwords through LastPass, I found is a great tool to get that done. Awesome. Thanks. Sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Great. Oh no, I have I have some I have two questions. I want to highlight these two questions from our audience. Jeff, one is from Richard Ote, and he says, does he asks, does Data Studio aggregate data from all platforms or just Google Analytics? He says, I'm on mobile now, so I can't look right now. Thanks. So you can was- you can import you can you can get data from um, other places. Uh, the thing is, if you set up your Google Analytics to get all the traffic in from like Facebook and all of that, um, in Google analytics, right. You set it up, then that data is already there. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want in Google analytics, you want to connect all your data sources. So you want to connect your Facebook and your pixel and all that stuff. So then when you set up data studio, that information gets in there. Yeah. And, and I know this seems like if you're just getting started, you're listening to this and you're just trying to upgrade your social media, this is like, what? All this, what? What, what? That's why you hire a, a consultant and a, a professional like a dream here to get you all set up because it right. can be and, overwhelming. And I can tell you, I hire somebody to set up the data studio. Like I don't, I don't, I yeah. can read it and I can interpret it because that's, that's my specialty. I can look at trends and I can look at what happened and I can see this is where we need to change or this piece of content worked really well. But yeah, I I outsource that too. You know, there's people that love data and love numbers and love setting that up. And so I don't do the setup. So just, you know, there's there's people that specialize in all of that. So what's your other question, Grace? Oh, the other question, this is from from our friend, Ian Anderson Gray. Howdy. He always comes in and says, howdy, howdy, howdy to us. (laughs) He says... Have you come across clients who have a gray Facebook account, not separate from an Ian Anderson gray Facebook account, but a gray (laughs) one? Uh, He says that we have one and they're about to lose access to their Facebook page. Any advice? This is such a good topic because I I see this question a lot when when people are working with clients. Yes. Ian, go to Mari Smith's community. And she has given the answer in, in her community. She's, I forget what it's called. It's a Facebook group. Um, I've seen her answer that question in there and it was actually a step-by-step-by-step-by-step thing that you have to do. So I can give you a link afterwards. I'll find the actual post in there. Um, I've seen the same question. I've seen some people just kind of guess, but there was a step-by-step solution on how to get it resolved. Is that her uh, social scoop? I think that's yes. what she calls her group, social scoop. Yes. Yeah, Samari Smith, social scoop. Uh, that's a great resource, by the way, in general for yeah. any Facebook oh, yeah. question. She yeah. is yeah. the queen of Facebook. So absolutely, yeah. And you had another question too, Great. Oh, no, that was my, those are my two questions. Okay, I thought you had a follow-up about what do people miss, what businesses miss on social media. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes. <laughs> I said, uh, what? So- as you're doing these uh, these audits for your clients and you know you've worked with a lot of different businesses what do most businesses tend to miss when they do their social media audit because i i get the sense sometimes that people like they they think they know something or they think but then when you start asking these questions they're like oh we really uh, don't know what we need to know, right? And I've had this experience myself too as I was reaching out to a consultant and they asked some questions and I'm like yeah that's really Good idea. That that would have been smart to ask that from the beginning. So I am guilty of this as well. But yeah, so you... yeah, absolutely. So um, the branding recognition piece, um, one of the things I like to do is open all these different tabs, right? All the tabs of all the 
places that they have a presence online. And then I start with the website and I literally click through and I'm going to look at an overall branding. Do you have the same logo everywhere? Do you have the same keywords everywhere? Does the bio look the same? Does it have the same steel? Um, if on Instagram, you have all these emojis, do they really go with that, you know, Facebook profile that you have? Um, a lot of people forget to update um, things like, you know, phone numbers or, you know, web addresses, or they might have a download, right? Um, so that's the one, the first thing I would do, you know, kind of open all the tabs and kind of walk through and say, if somebody is new and they've been on your website, would they recognize Instagram? Would they recognize Facebook? Would they re recognize going to YouTube? Does it look the same, right? It's banners, logo, words, all of that. Then the other thing is a lot of people forget to look at the website when they do a social media audit. Um, you know, social media audit, you look at social media, but the website is such a, an integral part of that because literally the social media profile should all push traffic to the website, right? I always compare it to a big wheel and the website is the axle that holds it all together. So the faster the wheel spins, the more traffic comes, it all is going to go to the middle to your website. You want web traffic. That's where you can really sell your services and your product and yourself and your program or whatever you want to sell. So does your website um, serve the people that you're attracting on social media, right? So look at how easy is it to navigate the menu? Are the buttons to click through to social media? Are they at the top or are they all the way at the bottom? If they're at the bottom, people have to scroll. They might not go to your Instagram or subscribe to your YouTube channel if they're at the bottom instead of on the top. Do you have your privacy policy there? Do you have videos of your staff, of yourself on your website? Do you have pictures of smiling people working, right? Do you want to invite people to click through? Pretend you're a customer, pretend you're, you know, a 50-year-old woman or a 12-year-old child or a 30-year-old man looking for services or a product. What do they see? That's something that a lot of people miss, right? Um, is it easy to click through? Is it easy to buy? Is it, you know, how, how is it easy, you know, how, what's the loading time of your website? That's something that a lot of people miss when they do a social media audit. Yeah. Oh, that's good insight. Those are really good insights because I, as I'm, as you're going through that list, I'm like, did I do that? Did I do that? <laughs> did I do that? <laughs> Should I leave the oven on? <laughs> right. So Gary has a great question because we were talking about a Facebook gray account. He's like, is it, what is a gray account? Is it for people who are over 50? <laughs> That's good. Uh, but so can you just kind of backtrack just a little bit and just really quick explain what a Facebook gray account is? I think you, I am not 100% sure. So that's actually um, Ian Anderson Gray might know that answer. Um, but I, I think it's an account that was set up differently mm -hmm. um, before. Um, you, right now you set up a, a personal profile. Um, it, okay, there you go. It was yeah. a way for people to create a Facebook page without needing a profile. There you go. So you would have you would only have the page, right? People, it, people are funny. I used to get clients all the time that would be like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be on Facebook when I want a Facebook page. And that used to be the right. option, but right. now you have to have an account. And I tell people all the time, just because you have a Facebook profile does not mean when people see your page, they know that that's your page, right? right. They really, they don't. Um, so that is, is going away because you need to have a personal profile in order to be an admin um, to the page. So gotcha. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably something marketers did because we always try to screw things up and make things sneaky. <laughs> we can't, we always break, we can't have nice things as marketers. So uh, we're talking about, you know, evaluating, you know, auditing our social. We're talking, you know, we're, we're in already, and it's just blowing my mind. We're in the second quarter and we're talking about evaluating the, the first quarter, but how often should we really do a social media audit? Is there is there a time that you uh, say for your clients, like do it every, you know, two weeks, every month? What is what is the best that you could hope for? And what do you recommend? Okay. So with a new client, when I get started with them, I do a full audit, do everything, including the website and everything. And then once we start working together and I do their social media content creation and scheduling, we do a monthly reporting and a quarterly audit right? Mm -hmm. I, I think that kind of makes sense. You need quite a bit of data to see a trend. So if you do three months um, and you do monthly reporting, you kind of look at it a little bit. I, I certainly would recommend looking at your data 
every month and kind of looking what kind of content's working well and especially the top posts. I mean, that's a really simple thing to do every month. Look at the top posts. What was it that you did, right? And for example, I'll call an example out. Um, LinkedIn right now is working really well for me. And what's working is documents, uploading documents. So it's basically PDS and it becomes like a carousel slideshow. And also personal pictures with long form content, that combination. So where I tell a story. Um, so if I see that with a client and I see that that worked really well, say in March, I'm going to make sure that in April, I might double up on that kind of content. I might put a carousel out there every week and I might do a personal picture every week with long form content, right? Not to say that I do away with all the other type of contents, but I want the top posts that I did before, obviously, um, you know, to get even better reach for the next month. So um, I think looking at what's working every month, but doing a full audit every three months makes sense. Now that website piece, if there's no changes on the website, they can be a very fast, like, is it still loading fast? How many blog posts did I, did, did we end up accomplishing in three months? And a really basic thing. Uh, but once a year, you should do a big social media audit and really, you know, look from year to year to year, you know, especially if you, you know, have put a strategy plan together and you've set some goals, making sure you've, you know, attained those goals. So, okay, that, I mean, that, that's awesome that you, you told us kind of a timeline and you mentioned, you know, things that are working, you found some things that are working on for you on LinkedIn and all that stuff. So, when do we, how long do we let things go? Like when we're testing things before we pivot, like how long do you run a test? Like, uh, you know, I'm going to try doing these long form carousel posts on LinkedIn. Is there an amount of time that you suggest to try it before you give up and go do something else? Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes it's immediate, right? If you do something and it doesn't do anything, um, you pivot immediately. And I'll, uh, I'll give this as an example. Um, a couple of, about a year ago, the reach in one of my Facebook groups was just dismal. And I was trying to get better reach as, as a community manager and, um, decided to go live every week. Well, I went live in the group as the page, right? We have, um, access as a page and myself and my profile as a community manager. And I was going live in the group. Now this is a group that had over 40,000 members. I went live in the group as the page. And I, after 17 minutes, I decided, I'd realized there was not a single person in my life. <laughs> okay. So I gave up on that. Right, I, I right. deleted it. I stopped. I deleted it. I restarted it as me. All my friends in the group that were connected to me saw it. And then, so I've never gone live in the group again as the page because that just didn't work. The right. reach was not there. So sometimes you have immediate results, right? You've got to look at your data and other times um, two, three times, you know, you check things out, you try maybe the same type of content, um, in the morning versus at night, maybe you do it at lunchtime, um, look at your analytics. Um, for example, my groups do really well Thursdays and Fridays. So instead of posting Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, maybe I do two posts on Thursday and two posts on Friday. Right. So you just constantly, um, you know, pivot and change and look at data and see what works. But um, as far as the type of content, I mean, two, three times. And if you get no results, if people don't see it, people don't comment, people don't react. Um, the reach just isn't there. The engagement isn't there. You know, I've done some beautiful posts where nobody commented. And then I realized I forgot to put a call to action. in. <laughs> right. You know, you just yeah. get you right. So uh, yeah, that happens to the best of us. So yeah. But if you look at paid, you know, see, is this where the question about paid content, which I, I don't, I'm not really in charge of, um, I, I partner with Facebook ad agencies that run the ads and I do the organic. So if it's paid, they might have 10 ads or 12 versions or 20 versions of the same ads. And, you know, once they start gaining traction, if you have one or two that do really well, you got to turn off all the other ones. Don't waste money. You know, if you, especially if you have, um, you know, say six ads with the same image or the same video and six different types of copy, you're going to go with the one that does the best. Why waste your money? So you, you, it, the, the, the most important thing to tell you is to monitor, you know, to monitor often and to see what's working. Yeah. 
So before Grace asks her question, once again, I have another uh, question from our audience, the amazing Gary Stockton. He says, uh, is there a place where I can find uh, the standard sizes for like all the banner graphics on different channels? I know this is a question that a lot of people ask and that it does get confusing when you go through like, what does Pinterest want? What does, you know, Twitter want and all that stuff. Uh, before you answer, Doreen, I, I do know one of our, our, our um, faithful viewers, Dustin Stout, he publishes a guide almost, uh, you know, every couple months. So if you search for that, Gary, uh, Dustin Stout, um, he's got a bunch of uh, really cool kind of uh, infographic that he puts out on a regular basis. But uh, Doreen, where would you go to find the answer to this question? Well, definitely Google. <laughs> right. <laughs> LinkedIn cover banner 2022 image size. Um, that brings usually, uh, you know, like if you put the di the year in it, it brings up the right. But I use a tool called um, Canva to create mm -hmm. all the graphics. And they are usually pretty good about having the images up to size. Now, just remember um, that it's going to look different on mobile versus um, on your desktop. Um, so it has those gray margins around it. So you usually want to make it a little bit bigger um, than, you know, what it might be on mobile. So there's those those lines out there. Um, and here's the thing. If you use a tool like Canva and it doesn't look quite right, I mean, I sometimes have to go in and readjust yeah. it, you know, move some things around. But, um, yeah, I usually just Google it and put the year behind it. If you've never done that before, instead of putting in, you know, right. uh, yeah. link, link, LinkedIn banner size, you might get up some older stuff. But put the date in or or the or the year in and then you get the most up to date. And then I do have friends like Dustin Sapp who have um, these guides that you can find for mm -hmm. sure enough. Okay, Grace, I won't interrupt anymore. You're not going to interrupt me anymore. No, this is a dance, people. It's a dance. Right. It's a dance. <laughs> so, Doreen, in your latest episode of Strategy Talks Live, which is your own show, you talked about improving your content with data analysis with your guest, uh, Tim Campbell-Smith, that is available on uh, moreinmedia.com how to improve content with data analysis. So as you in this conversation, I would love to know what type of data do we need to enhance our content, especially for companies of any size? You know, we tend to, um, these things always tend to focus on big companies with big budgets, but a lot of the people watching the show, listening to our podcast, tend to be solopreneurs or they're on their own. So what type of data do you really need to know to enhance your content? That's a great question. And I think a lot of people would answer, you need to know everything. And that's really not what you need. <laughs> what you need to start with is your goal. You, you, you don't know what data you need until you know what goal you have of being on social media. And this is where, you know, as a strategist, when I, and as a social media manager, this is where I start my conversations with every single client. Um, I need to know why you want to be on social media because it's going to affect what content we create, what data we look at, what we produce, you know, what platforms we're going to be on and everything else, right? So if your goal is to become an expert and to have people call you, you might need to be on Google My Business because you can create all kinds of um, images and copy that gets you um, ranked in Google. You might also want to be on LinkedIn where you can rank yourself as an expert. Um, you might want to start a podcast, right? So then you would look at data like downloads um, and subscriptions. So that answer is sort of tricky. Um, because I think people are just overwhelmed with data and they don't know what to look for. So if that's you and you're watching, be honest with yourself and say, give myself two or three goals. Why am I really on social media? Do I want web traffic? Do I want sales? Do I want conversions? Um, and then once you know what you want, do I want to sell my book? Uh, right. Uh, do I want people to grab my download? Um, do I want to grow my email list? Those are all different goals. And to reach those goals, you have to do different tactics. So then you go down to, depending on what your goals are, you can, um, the number of downloads, right? If you have, if you have a, a, a podcast or video views, if you have a YouTube channel, um, subscribers, reviews, reach and engagement, web traffic, conversion, clicks, those are all different things, you know, and then you go to you know, growing your audience, growing your Facebook group community. Um, there's so many different things you can look at, but some of them don't matter. 
if that's not part of your initial goal. Mm. Those are great points. Great points. So I have a question from the audience from the amazing Ian Anderson Gray. I guess he is amazing. Yeah, I'll give him that. Um, but that follows it up to, I have a question that will go right into this, but he goes, I'm finding my engagement and reach are much lower than previous years. LinkedIn is really low. And I think the issue is that I don't engage with other posts enough. Do I need to spend more time doing that? And so I guess that's a, kind of a broad question. He, he's talking about LinkedIn, but also like just in general, isn't, do you, do I have to go and spend all my day engaging on other people's posts if I want to see, um, reach? Yeah, but strategically. So Ian, so again, start with the goal. Who do you want to come to your content? Who is your content for, right? That's number one, figure that out. Who are you trying to reach? Make a list of that. You know, what are their titles? Then go to LinkedIn. And if you're not connected to those people, find a whole list of people that you would like to be connected with. Go to their profile, ring their bell. That's the first thing. There's a little bell next under on the right side um, of their profile. Ring the bell. Then you're going to start getting notifications when they post content. Then your action is when you go to LinkedIn every day, five minutes at a time, maybe morning and evening, you see those notifications, you go to that content and you engage with their content. And not just like an emoji, but have a good answer, have a fun comment. I guarantee you, those people are going to take note of who you are, what you're saying. They're going to come to your content, right? But it has to be with intention. Um, I have found that if I do that, and I've been doing that systematically um, for about a couple of months, uh, my engagement and my reach on LinkedIn is way up. I'm getting a bunch of followers. People are coming where my content goes out. They're engaging with the content. And then the other thing you do is when they do comment, you comment back and ask a question. So I had a, a post the other day with 63 comments. Well, half of them were mine, but that doesn't matter, right? To the algorithm, that's still 63 comments because I was commenting on all the comments that I got. So yes, you have to do more of that, but it doesn't mean aimless scrolling through LinkedIn. I would definitely recommend not doing that because that's just wasting time. Then you're going to play into LinkedIn's algorithm. What you want is you want to take control of the algorithm of LinkedIn and you want to tell LinkedIn, this is the kind of content that I want to see by looking for people by their roles or where they work or you know what their titles are and then connect with them, ring their bell, see their content, interact with their content and be real specific. And you can have Several buckets, you know, I have people that manage events because I'm a speaker, right? I'm going to interact with their content and with their upcoming event. So maybe I'm not speaking at their event this year, but maybe next year they'll ask me, right? I interact with people who have podcasts. I have a new podcast. I want to be on their show. So I'm going to interact with their podcast episodes and their content. I want to connect with people who own small businesses because I might want to be hired as a consultant. So I'm going to find people now in the Northeast, because I live in Vermont, that have, you know, and I know specifically what kind of business I'm looking for, medium-sized, five to 12 employees. You know, you got to know your business. You got to know your ideal mm -hmm. client, but then interact with them and they will come to your content. Then, of course, you have to also produce the content that they want to see. But that's the first step. Be really strategic about it. So, yes, but it doesn't have to take a lot of time. Awesome. Awesome answer. So, um this I, I'm really interested to get your take on this because you're you're you specialize so much in organic. Um, so a lot of reports that have come out, like in this last week, like Rival IQ, Convince and Convert just had an article about this, and it says big surprise: organic reach and traffic are declining for brands. So, what should businesses do other than hiring hiring Doreen? Um, so it should, do we all need to start learning TikTok dances to be relevant? What do we need to do um, with this declining reach? I mean, this has been a problem that we talk about all the time on social media is it's declining, it's declining, declining for organic. So what do you tell clients who don't have this big budget to spend uh, a bunch of money on? All right. There's a couple of different things. Um, first and foremost, if you're going to do social media and you are your brand, You've got to get buy-in from the highest level possible. That means your CEO has to get on LinkedIn. Your CMO has to be active on LinkedIn. Your CFO has to have a profile on LinkedIn, right? 
it's the most important thing to remember, even brands, it's people to people. Um, if you're doing business with a corporation, there's still going to be a person writing that check or, you know, um, saying yes to working with you, signing that contract. So you have to get the buy-in from the highest level possible, potentially the CEO. So brands that have activity, for example, on LinkedIn page, but they have their CEO, the CMO, the CFO, the C, um, you know, all the C-suite people and all the managers being active on LinkedIn and interacting with their LinkedIn page are still seeing a lot of organic reach, right? So that's step one. Um, another thing to remember is that, for example, on Instagram, uh, go to the features that are newest. Um, so on Instagram, that would be reels. Organic reach on Instagram is great if you do reels. You don't have to do dances. There's plenty of people out there that have created content um, that is not um, people dancing. Um, it could be, for example, I have an example. Somebody had a company of carpet cleaning and they did a really cool reel um, of, of, you know, like a, like a fast forward, like a time lapse mm -hmm. of cleaning that carpet, you know, it was obviously a really dirty carpet and it's fascinating to watch you. It was like 20 seconds and within 20 seconds, the whole carpet gets clean. Now that's a brand being on Instagram as real. So look for the newest features on those platforms, right? Um, then the other thing to remember is, you know, communities. Um, brands, yeah, they might um, not do that well organically, say, in a Facebook page, but they can have great reach and great engagement and great um, understanding of who their audience is by, say, a Facebook community, right? A brand can start a page, um, hire a community manager or have somebody within the company do that. And, you know, the cool thing about that is that versus you know, instead of talking at people, you're talking with people, you're having people in these communities where if you have a new product or a service that's launching, you can get feedback, you can do surveys, you can find your next brand ambassador and influences in your own community. So that's all organic, right? So that's all organic. And then the, uh, the last thing to remember is that organic works better if you run Facebook ads, if we're talking about Facebook, if there's paid and paid works better if there's organic. So find that balance, right? Um, and that's that's really a couple of years ago. That really was my epiphany is that I've been doing only organic. And when I started working with a Facebook ad agency, um, their ads performed better uh, and people were happy because they would go to the page and see that I was out there engaging with them and I had um, cool you know, content out there um, that wasn't ads, right? That actually there's a person talking and then, um, you know, by, vice versa. So um, find that balance of organic and paid and, um, you know, make sure that there's human beings um, behind your social media, that you're not just pushing stuff out, but you're asking questions and you have that engagement piece. So on that question about the, um, you know, work paid ver and organic working together, do you take organic and boost it and make it paid or do you have a, two separate kind of things? Sometimes, sometimes okay. depends on who I, how I work. I mean, if I have a piece of content organically that did fantastic, of course, I'm going to tag the Facebook manager and say, Hey, this did really well. They can see it. Why don't you run an ad right with that same type of copy and the same um, image or video that makes a lot of sense. And then vice versa, if we have um, an ad that does really well, I'm going to look at that copy, even if it's salesy. Maybe I will not take the copy or take parts of the copy, but I might take that image that they created or that video and then post it organically. Absolutely. Work together. Awesome. Awesome. So building on that idea of, of using different types of content, you know, there is the situation where there are content gaps. We have gaps in our content and then also understanding what to do when you find them. But not all content gaps are the same obviously, depending on where you're, what you're using, what platforms you're on, and, you know, whether we're talking about website or social, but identifying and understanding them is the key to fixing this ongoing issue. So Doreen, what is your advice on identifying these gaps in your social media content or on your website, and then knowing which ones to fix and which ones to prioritize? Oh, I love that question. Um, so it starts with a competitor's analysis. Right. So when 
I start with a client. One of the things we do as part of the strategy is a competitor's analysis. And I always ask the client, who is your competitor? Now I'm going to do my own research, but I'm going to ask them because I really want them to tell me who their competitor is. I usually ask for four or five, five is ideal. And I will do a complete competitor's analysis. I use a tool called Social Insider for that, but I also use my, again, my own eyes and I go to all the competitors, Facebook pages, LinkedIn pages, uh, website, and I use my eyes to see, you know, how, what is their branding like? You know, what kind of content and they're posting? How often are they posting? When are they posting? Are they running ads? What are they doing? What platforms are they on? And when you have, when you have your own social media audit and then five competitors, you're now comparing six people within the same industry, six different brands. And you start to see trends, you start to see gaps. So then as far as if I'm missing something, I'm going to look for the quick wins, right? If everybody's doing reels and they're doing really well and we're missing reels, it's like, that's an easy one. We need to start doing reels. They're all doing reels and they're all having success. Why are we not doing that? Now, if four of them are on Pinterest and they're all, you know, maybe pinning once a month and not doing anything, but one of them is running Pinterest ads and doing really well, we can say, hey, maybe we need to be on Pinterest and, and put some money behind it and do a better job than all the other people. And that could be another quick win, right? So you, when you have, you know, multiple people within the same industry serving the same audience, then you can really find those quick wins by looking at trends and what's happening and what's not happening. That's, that's a recommendation that I would give. Um, and so the, another thing would be if all of them have blogs, um, but they're really not blogging very often and they create content that's not very engaging, not very good, doesn't really serve their audience. Um, you know, you can do a quick win by saying, Hey, we're just going to double down on blogs. We're going to answer every question that our customers have. We're going to publish three times a week for three months, see if that makes a difference, see if our web traffic, um, you know, starts back up and, and, you know, drive a lot more traffic. We're going to have this download ready. You know, we're going to have this whole funnel and see if blogging three times a week will, you know, move the dial. But, you know, it's going to depend on what your budget is. But that's really where I would start competitors analysis, because they're serving the same audience. They're in the same industry. What are they doing that you might have missed? And that's an easy way to find out. Awesome. So before we move on to the next section, I want to bring up some questions from our amazing audience. Mark asks, you know, what content do you recommend for brands on Google business profiles? Um, your best content that's doing, I, I mean, I, I would, I, what I do for my clients, I don't create specific content for Google My Business, um, but I offer a service that I will take the best LinkedIn content, the best Facebook content, um, the best videos, and sprinkle that in on their Google My Business account twice a week. So that's what I do. That works really well. This is also clients who do blogging um, on a WordPress blog, so they make sure we hit the keywords there. Uh, make sure, you know, Google my business for the low, it's for the local clients that I do that. Make sure that we hit the keywords, um, you know, the local keywords, the local, you know, maybe the county or the city or the neighborhood. Um, and this is for a B2B, like the example that I'm, I'm mentioning is for like a B2B. Um, and so I just take the best content that's evergreen from the last month or two. And I start repurposing that and I use a scheduler. Um, so instead of creating something new, um, and making that, uh, you know, a big ask or investing a lot of money. Um, I use the best evergreen content and I put it on there and it's all about the business. Awesome. And Amy, I know this question gets asked quite a bunch, but I want, I think it's really, really pertinent. She goes, can you post the exact same content on all social media platforms or do you need to change the look for each platform? All right. So that is a great question, Amy. Amy, you can absolutely take the same idea for a piece of content. It should look a little bit different for each platform. And it could be an example um, of, say, it's of your tulips coming up. It's springtime here in the U.S. My tulips are blooming. Um, I'm a social media manager. I might put on LinkedIn um, the picture of the tulips on a Monday morning and say, hey, I spent the weekend gardening. Um, I'm excited to start my week. 
what are you working on? Um, I'm working on writing some new plans for some of my clients, blah, 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 blah. I might put that picture on Instagram and say, hey, spring is a time for renewal. Have you done a social media audit yet? Hire me if you want to get better results with your content. I might take that picture and put it on my Facebook page and said, um, hey, happy spring. <laughs> so you take the same concept, the same idea, the same picture or the same type of content, but you're going to talk to the audience on each platform a little bit different. And then you also don't want to do it on the same day. If you cannot change your copy, if you must have the same image, the same copy, because that's all you have the resources for. And that sometimes happens, especially with smaller companies, at least do, you know, figure out what platform is the most activity at what time. So Monday morning, 830, maybe on a Facebook page and LinkedIn might be Tuesday afternoon at four and then on Twitter on Thursday night at nine and then on LinkedIn personal profile Friday morning at 11. Just you can use the same content. You can use the same copy, but don't put it. Uh, don't schedule everything at 10 a.m. on Monday morning at five different platforms because I get the notification all at the same time and I'm going to unfollow you most likely on the four <laughs> of the five platforms. So the answer is yes, you can. If you must, it's better to create new copy and to create a different story based on who you're talking to. Um, but if you can't at least spread it out and put it on different times and different days, even different weeks. That's great advice. And with tools like Agora Pulse, which uh, we use to push out our stuff, is uh, you can have different queues that you can set up and they could go out in the different platforms in different ways. Yeah. So you can change the copy. One thing I will say that we have found, um, and this is for video, so it's kind of a different animal, is that I like to make um, square versions of the video because they work really well on both Facebook and LinkedIn. And so if you see the clips like on Twitter and everything, that's taking a square video and then I repurpose it in different formats and they look different on the different platforms. And, and Gary and I have talked about that a little bit. So, but yeah, Gary agrees. Super great advice. Some other super great advice is do not forget our amazing sponsors, Ecamm at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. In fact, they allow us to, if you have noticed, we've talked a lot about engagement and, you know, commenting on people's questions and, and making a conversation. And that's what Ecamm does really, 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 really well with live video. So if you've noticed during the show today, we've been pulling the comments and we've been pulling them from everywhere, YouTube, LinkedIn, all the different platforms uh, and able to talk to you, our fabulous audience, which we love to do. So uh, if you haven't checked out Ecamm, make sure you guys go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm and check them out. So uh, I just can't, not say about our amazing, uh, great interactive audience like Dustin. We talked about his great guys. He's actually throwing a, another one together as we speak, and he's been dropping that in the comments. And Dustin, if I, I, I don't know if I can bring it up, but he says it's on his personal blog. I think that's, is it Dustin.tv? Um, and then it's the um, image so, slash image dash sizes. So uh, I'll try to, if that's, Dustin, try to drop, if you can drop in your, actual personal blog. I'll make sure to mention that for the podcast listeners. But once again, our I think community he was is trying great. to, I think he was trying to drop it and like, he, yeah, he YouTube is being kind of, kind of, um, kind of crazy. And Kate goes, you know, we can... uh, girl pulse rocks. So yes, they do. Katie. Yeah, so they do. Hey, Kate's here. Yay. Another Vermonter. Yay. So as we, as we're, we're going to talk about this and Grace really wanted to talk about this because she's know. all about this. So Grace, I want to make sure you have time. We only have like 10 minutes left, but Let's talk about cultural. Trends. Okay, I'll be I'll be really quick. This is because this is something I've been very fascinated with is uh, the is trend watching, right? So there's like there are trends watching for there's trend watchers for every industry. So even in our social media marketing industry, there's Pinterest predicts, uh, which they which is their annual report that they um, publish of all the things that people are interested in based on their own data. Snapchat just released something called uh, a report called Snapchat Generation, providing key insights into its users. And of course, we all we always have the daily, weekly, national, local trending topics on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. So that's something we always hear about in our industry. And we also hear a lot about it in the world of fashion, mainly because clothing trends are constantly changing and always being pushed at us. But, you know, fashion is very visible. It's very tangible. You can go to Target, go to Walmart, you can go to Nordstrom's. It's, it's all it's all out there. But what isn't always evident and accessible to, uh, to 
regular consumers, regular people are like consumer trends, especially when it comes to media and movies and sports and astrologists. Part of our role is to be cultural trend watchers. So how do you stay in the loop of what will dominate social media space or the culture or the conversations within the coming within the coming year, or even if you're planning quarterly, the coming quarter? That's that's a great question. Um, I look one of the ways I look, I mean, I subscribe to all of those uh uh, blogs, right? The Facebook has a blog, Instagram. So I, I read a lot of industry news. Um, I tune into shows like yours. Um, there's a, quite a few of my friends have shows and they, they have um, different guests on who talk about different things. I also look ahead to the big conferences, the social media conferences. So I just attended social media marketing world and it was fascinating. Somebody just said, Hey, there was no session on Twitter. And I think if I remember, there was no session on Pinterest. So are these out? Um, it doesn't mean they're out, but it means that the focus is on other things. And what the biggest sessions were, including the keynote, was about um, the metaverse, right? About Web3, about NFTs, about crypto. And Social Media Examiner announced that they're going to have a conference in the fall about crypto. So to me, that's kind of, you know, if, if a entity like them um, as, is going to do a conference, that kind of tells me a lot. And I'm looking ahead to Inbound, you know, Inbound um, is a huge marketing conference in Boston in September. I'm looking to see what sessions they are going to highlight. I'm looking to content marketing world. That's also in September, I believe. I'm looking to see what they're publishing. So I'm really trying to keep a finger on the pulse of, um, conferences, the, the people who run those events are going to look for the hottest, newest speakers, the newest type of content. They want to, they want to lure people in and, and sell their tickets. Um, so they need to be right on top of all those trends. So that's one of the ways that, um, that I stay up to date. I, I really look ahead to conferences at, and then, um, a, a person like Mark Schaefer, right. Who, mm-hmm. who really is a futurist, I think. Um, what is he writing about? What is he, you know, writing his next book about? You know, that that's that's really where I go. People within, you know, colleagues within my industry. And then for the newest changes, you know, the newest updates, I follow shows like Amanda Webb has a social um, show every Friday. Um, my friend Christian Karasevich and um, Sarah Monroe have social chatter every Thursday. And they they just giving you all the latest updates on every platform. So I follow them. Even if I don't watch a show, I look at the show notes and see, you know, what's coming. And that's really how I say up to date. One of the things I will say, because I heard you say something that like they're trying to bring those people in and, and whatever conference you're looking at, or even what report you're looking at, look who the end user is. Is it marketing yeah. to marketers? Or is it marketing to people who are like small businesses? Is it marketing to, you know, the end users? And so I always like to ask my kids because I'm like, they know, they're like, dad, that's just, nobody uses that anymore in that demographic. So I think it's really important that we, you, you don't, you just dig into what the conferences are saying, but look at people like what Doreen is saying is like, what is, what is working right now for this business? What is working right now for this group? And so you have to be it's easy to go after those flashy conferences. And I, I want to go to inbound. Somebody, uh, Nikki says that she wants to go to inbound. I'd love to go to inbound too, you know, but always, always look at the data. Like we mentioned before, Rival IQ and Convince and Convert um, and Mark Schaefer. Those are the people we trust because they have a track record of doing that. And same with these conferences, you know, what are these conferences doing? Where are they, where are they uh, spending their money on? Who are they bringing in to speak and why? And that's a really good yeah. point. The other thing I wanted to mention that a uh, tool um, that we're talking about, and it's a lot of people don't know about it, it's trends.pinterest.com. So if you're looking for yeah. trends, um, that's a really great place to go and get some insights of what's working. And, I, you know, of course, I like Pinterest, but I like it because it's not so much um, it's all in use DIY. It's people buying stuff. They're going there to purchase. And so that's when you're talking about e-commerce and stuff like that, I really like to look at those trends because that's what people are looking at right now. So, yeah. Well, we're gonna have to have a follow-up show. I know Mary, because this is this is the main thing I wanted to talk about was was the Trump <laughs> thing. And I, and I too wanted long. to <laughs> no because I am very curious because you hear I was 
this all started because I heard about uh, this trend, this trend watchers talking about movies. And so like there was like a- um, after 9-11, there was a lot of hero movies, like superhero movies and anti-hero movies. Right. And as people were grappling with this idea of like heroism after the credit crunch, it was about um, there were a lot of zombie movies. Right. Like a lot of. Zo- and then now we're kind of in this weird post pandemic. And a lot of it is like alternate timeline topics and so it, this was just about movies the movies that we, and i realized like as i was thinking about what i'd watch in each of these time periods in my life like i i am watching a lot of alternate timeline movies right now and i would love to have a follow-up conversation of how to take this these trends these cultural trends about movies and art and mm-hmm. music and translate them into um um social media content or marketing content because it is part of the culture that we're all in yeah I think that conversation is really about being agile as a marketer. And I would love to have that conversation with you. It's yes, you can plan ahead, especially if you have a bigger team and you plan ahead, you know, you get your editorial calendar six months out, you know, in August, you should be planning your holiday calendar and all of those things. But when something culturally happens, you see that shift. How are you as a team? How can you respond to it? Do you have that freedom to, is there a budget left for that? and have fun with that. I mean, absolutely 100% jump on those things. And that's where all of that testing comes in. But the best companies are the one who think outside the box, right? The best marketing yes. is when you do something that is different. And when you have cultural references um, in your videos or in your content or, or pictures, um, I saw somebody do something with Wordle. They had, and it was <laughs> hilarious. And I think it was literally, I think it was an agile company and it wasn't um, the words, but it was the sticky notes. Uh, it yeah. might've been posted notes that did that. And they almost looked like a Wordle, but it was their sticky notes. It was like, like perfect, like perfectly yeah. executed. But that was a thing by the seat of our pants, like kind of quick mm-hmm. thing, because I'm sure that wasn't on their editorial calendar um, when they, you know, when they planned out their year, right? So you have to be able to be agile and with your team, be able to have these daily or weekly conversations and check-ins and say, you know, this is what's happening now. Do we have space for that? Do we have room? Do we have a resource? You know, this team go and take this one thing and, and, and do it. And if you as a marketing team have the freedom to do that, you can create some amazing things. This well, is the kind of stuff that got me into advertising, by the way, when I started my adult life, I was like, I really want to go into like advertising. And this is the reason why is what you just talked about. That, I, I, haven't entered, I, I haven't about. entered my adult life, but it's been decided um, that Doreen is going to come back and uh, yeah. made the thing that she's going to come back. We're going to be talking about the trends. This has been a fascinating show. Once again, you guys have done an awesome job with your questions. Hopefully we gave you some great resources and some tips uh, from Doreen because she's just as you can tell, she's super smart about this organic and, and strategy and all the social stuff uh, she has been for years. So make sure you go follow her everywhere. But I want to do a big shout out real quick to our friend Dustin Stout, who said um, he can find the image resources at DustinStout.com forward slash image dash sizes, DustinStout.com forward slash image dash sizes. He did that on the fly, people. How amazing is that? We have a great community here. Um, but before we go, Dreen, tell us where people can find you, what you're working on. Uh, all the Doreen uh, landing stuff that we need to go to. All right. So um, I'm most active right now on LinkedIn, which I love. Doreen Warren Van Dam, you'll see my orange glasses everywhere. Um, so follow me on LinkedIn. If you want to connect with me, you just, there's three little dots uh, next to more and then scroll down. It's, I think the four or fifth option is connect. So just say, hey, I saw you on the live show with Jeff and Grace. I would love that. I also have a new podcast, a new live show um, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. It's called Strategy Talks. So I have a LinkedIn newsletter called Strategy Talks. It's um, every other week where I share my strategy. Um, Then I have a Strategy Talks talk show where I bring in an expert. And I'm really hoping to get audio room soon so I can have everybody else talk about their strategy and have a panel discussion. So that's kind of my strategy looking ahead. Um, it's Strategy Talks, a podcast is available on all major um, podcast platforms. So um, check that out. And yeah, just connect with me on LinkedIn. That's probably the best place. Awesome. You should try You should try Volley for your audio room. Don't wait for audio rooms. Do it on Volley yes. with us. Okay, so maybe I will. I'll check it out. Socialmedianewslive.com forward slash chat. Go ahead, Grace. Okay. Tell people oh, what you yeah, like that's where we've been. That's where we've been doing a lot of these strategy talks and 
And uh, our friend Tim Schmoyer, who owns uh, Video Creators, already created a course on right. on Volley. So I, I kudos to him. So there's a lot going on there. And of course, we have several friends on there. I am Grace. You can find me here every week with Jeff. And uh, and I'm also uh, the video content manager over at Restream. And I have been very active on LinkedIn lately as well. I finally accepted all of my uh, notifications and requests yesterday. And there were a lot of people there. They're like, I saw you on the show. And I'm like, oh, thanks for watching that three months yeah, ago. Yeah, Grace so and I are finally I'm connected. We're finally connected yeah. now. That was We're great. finally yeah. friends. Yeah. I will yeah. finally be seen with <laughs> Jeff. That's right. It's, it's LinkedIn official. That's right. So if you want to see us, make sure you tune in uh, next week, Friday, April 15th at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. You can always find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Amazon Live. Thank you guys so much for being such great uh, audience today. And thank you, Doreen, for being here. And we will see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Social Media News Live.